Another common reason behind the rejection of the theory of evolution from Muslim societies is the theorist claim of common ancestry between humans and animals, particularly with apes. However, when asked to specify which verses of the Quran speak against common ancestry with primates, critics seldom offer much of an answer. However, some claim that common descent with apish animals would be against human dignity. Here, I will consider objections related to human dignity. The establishment of an ancestral relationship between humans and apish animals does not contradict human dignity. In the Quran, Satan is censured for his arrogance when he claimed his origins superior to that of man, thereby rising against God. From such narrations about Satan, we understand that ancestral arrogance is condemned in the Quran. Therefore, rooting human dignity in ancestry lacks Quranic foundation. Consider Pharaoh and Abu Laheb. As humans, we share ancestors with them. Yet, sharing ancestors with such weak people is no argument against human dignity. If the existence of such weak people among our species does not diminish our dignity, why would a shared ancestry with animal species? Indeed, the enemies of the Prophet Muhammad, Abu Laheb and Abu Jahil, were his relatives. If being related to a bad person affected dignity, we would be forced to believe that the Prophet Muhammad thereby lacked dignity. No Muslim would accept such a claim. Ancestry has nothing to do with dignity. Is the claim of common ancestry of humans with cats or fish or apes worse than the claim of shared ancestry with Pharaoh or Abu Laheb? And why Pharaoh or Abu Laheb are censured in the Quran, cats, fish and apes are not? Indeed, the Quran states that some oppressors are in a worse state than animals. Surah Al-Furqan, verse 44. Nay, they are but like cattle. Nay, they are even less conscious of the right way. I sometimes hear arguments against the theory of evolution related to this issue, which I call the charm of the grandpa argument. It is typically expressed as follows. My grandfather is not an ape, but yours is. The user of this argument implies that he and his grandfather are charming, yet his opponents is not charming at all and is therefore likely to have descended from apes. Such rhetoric might be entertaining, but it is scientifically misguided and theologically misinformed. Theologically, why should one feel uncomfortable about sharing common ancestry with animals which are not scorned in the Quran, yet does not feel any discomfort 
about being a member of a species, some of whom are declared by the Quran as worse than animals. Indeed, a theory that unites all living beings in a common root is both philosophically and theologically appealing. The charm of the grandpa argument is deeply mistaken in terms of biology. Many Muslim philosophers, including Ibn Miskewe, classified humans and apes on the adjacent run of the ladder of life, hundreds of years prior to the emergence of the theory of evolution. Such a hierarchical classification of the great chain of being should not be confused with the idea of descent from apes. If there is an evolutionary relationship between humans and other species, it is natural to consider the first candidates among apes as our nearest neighbors on the chain. However, according to the theory of evolution, we didn't descend from the apes. Apes and hominoids split off from a common ancestor. Neither ancestry from clay nor ancestry from apes count against human dignity. Are animals worse than clay? Our bodies host trillions of bacteria, much more numerous than our cells. Our bodies are like planets of bacteria. These creatures are parts of our bodies, just like our organs. Yet, being bacterial hosts does not diminish our dignity. Being a planet of bacteria, in other words, hosting trillions of living things much inferior to multi-celled animals and even being vitally dependent on these creatures does not hurt our feelings. Why should our ancestral proximity to apes, our bodies, are continuously refurbished by the nutrient we consume? I then come from the digested and reconstructed molecules of potatoes, rice, chicken, and lamp that I eat. If the conversion of potatoes, rice, chicken, and lamp into our body parts does not diminish our dignity, claims about the first humans being converted forms of primates should not diminish our dignity either. Some question the compatibility of evolution with Islam on the basis of the creation of humans in the best conformation. Asseni Takvim. In Surah Tutin, verse 4 and 5, Verily, we create man in the best conformation, and thereafter we reduce him to the lowest of low. Since the best conformation concerns the state of humanity, attaining to the state of humanity via evolution would not conflict with this verse. Before gaining the shape of a human, the best conformation, we all went through the embryonic stages starting from sperm, egg, and zygote. Yet, none of these stages oppose creation in the best conformation. Moreover, sperm cells and zygotes are much less similar to a human than apes. The statement, the best conformation, refers to the final state of the human being, not to its prior stages. In addition, when taken together, these two verses are more about 
the moral status of humans than their bodily shape. After all, a human being originally created in the best conformation can convert into the lowest of low, esfelesafilin. Yet, idolatry and oppression making us the lowest of the low. Do not alter one's physical appearance. Since the statement, the lowest of flow, as well as Afilin, does not refer to physical deterioration, the best conformation, as Senitaquim, doesn't refer to physical shape. Rather, it refers to humanity's moral character. In conclusion, arguments based on human dignity and creation in the best conformation do not constitute Islamic evidence against the theory of evolution.